Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button today to Edge God In to your mind, your will, and those squirrely emotions. Our mission statement at Edge God In is to champion your human potential in Christ. Visit us at edgegodin.com for previous podcasts as well as the materials that are linked to each of the podcasts. You'll find support materials, including a one page to capture your learning experience with each of each one of our podcasts. And you can find that at edgegodin.com, along with the scriptures that are connected to each one of our podcasts. So welcome back. If this is a podcast that you're following and welcome if this is the first one that you're tuning into. Our topic today is entitled Two Tricks of the Devil that you want to know about. At the end of today's podcast, it's our learning objective for you by the power of the Holy Spirit, of course, we can do nothing without Jesus, that you'll be able to identify these two tricks of the devil the, that he uses to do three things, to kill your peace, steal your identity, and destroy your purpose. Kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10. 10. Jesus has come that we may have life and have it to the fullest, as John 10.10 10 declares. It also declares that the devil comes to do three things, kill, steal, and destroy. We're just adding three different areas, buckets, so to speak, that these two tricks that the devil uses, that he plays around and, and mucks up with our inside our mind so that we're ineffective for God's work in this world. One is to kill your sense of peace. Anytime you lose your peace, you know who's camping on your grounds. He also is determined to steal your identity. We're seeing that spread like wildfire in our culture these days and destroy your sense of purpose. Whose am I? Who am I? Why am I here? Why does it matter? Learn how to resist and conquer. That is our intention and our prayer with today's podcast. You can also visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Edge got in as the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ, the project that was launched less than a year ago. When you visit us there, you'll notice there's a book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, which goes through the four different steps of emotional intelligence in Christ and how to gain victory using the EIC model. There's three steps to help you to be able to discern and manage your emotions and behaviors with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit within you in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. Jesus' final commandment was that invitation to love one another. We can't give out what we haven't mastered in, my friends. So to be able to allow ourselves to experience the power of God's love for us is that small yet massive step to freedom which is one of our foundational verses at Edge God In. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. What's burdening you today? What is holding you back from that peace that passes all human understanding? What's holding you back from that sense of purpose 
and that clear, determined focus to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. I'm pretty confident, as I purposely pause there, that perhaps what's holding you back falls in one of these two buckets, the tricks of the devil. There are two of them that we're going to be having a discussion around today. Let's jump in. Name the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We know that your word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces heart, soul, and marrow. It takes away confusion from us. It gives us discernment. It's a light unto our path and a lamp to our feet. It gives us that clarity of focus for accuracy of response when we do feel confused and hijacked when our peace is being messed with by the devil as he tries to kill our peace, steal our identity, and destroy our sense of purpose. Bring us back, Lord. Give us wisdom so that we can conquer in your name. Give us the ability to release what needs to be released, to expand what you want us to expand in our lives so that we can run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, particularly now. Protect our hearts from being hardened. As you said, Lord, in the end times, many, many, many people's hearts will grow cold from lack of love. And accusation will increase, offense being the ramification creating profound division. Bring us back, Lord, and lead us on. You are our commanding officer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to be discussing a story, an account truly from Acts chapter 7 of Stephen. He was one of the first to be martyred for his faith. He kind of set the bar, right? And as you read through Acts 7, it's an awesome, awesome group of scriptures that basically sums up what happened, the major, some major points in the Old Testament that brought us to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you're kind of looking for like the Cliff Notes version of like, all right, how does this all weave together? Read Acts chapter 7. Our focus is particularly at the end of Acts chapter 7, when Stephen really drops the bomb. Now he's having this conversation, laying this out there before the Pharisees um, and, and the high priest. So he just jumps in and starts to give this dissertation of, hey, this is where it all started, and this is where it ended. And he brings it back as well to the convict, convicting statements, a few of the scriptures that he uses to basically call them out. As he says in verse 51, you stiff-necked people and circumcised in heart and ears, heart and ears. Now that's important to remember, heart and ears. You are forever opposing the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors used to do. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one. And now you have become the, his betrayers and murderers. 
You are the ones that received the law as ordained by angels, and yet you have not kept it. So he's calling them out right now um, for, for denying the facts that, hey, we are speaking the truth here. And Jesus died and rose again for your salvation. When they heard the truth, and, and this is something to keep in mind as, as you understand persecution for following Christ. Jesus, let us know, my friends, no shocker there. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you as well, particularly when you're speaking the gospel, the truth, the message, when you're spreading the word of God for the sake of salvation of souls. When they heard this truth, they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. They were grinding their teeth at Stephen. That's that's how that's how strong their accusation was. It was consuming them. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he, Stephen, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears. Again, be aware, my friends, of ears and eyes and heart. Jesus spoke about this in Matthew 13 when he quoted Isaiah. And he was saying, though they have eyes they cannot see, ears they cannot hear, and their hearts have become hardened. And Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 13 as well, if they had eyes to see, ears to hear, they would turn their hearts toward me and I would heal them. Jesus is after any hardness of heart that you are carrying around in your earth suit today that is manifesting by two tricks of the devil, division in your life and accusation. Division and accusation. So here, there is division that is being created. They're standing here, Stephen's standing there. There's accusation to the point that they're grinding their teeth. And even in the midst of all of that, Jesus, Stephen continually keeps his eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of his faith. Look, he said, moments before he was stoned to death, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears. And with a loud shout, all rushed together against him. Okay? It's like a, a riot, absolutely running against the truth. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, who eventually encounters Christ firsthand. And his life is transformed, and he has a complete course correction which is this third step in the emotional intelligence in Christ method. We call it the EIC method. The C stands for course correction because of an encounter and identifying the behavior. But at this point, Saul was persecuting the Christians and they were laying his, their coats at the feet of Saul. What does that mean? He was the commander guiding the riot guiding the stoning. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my prayer. 
he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he died. This is a profound encounter, my friends, to camp on with the Holy Spirit. This is the first martyr, the first follower of Jesus who stood for the truth and was killed because of it. Couple of comparisons here. What were Jesus's last words on the cross? Some of some of Jesus's last words on the cross. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Mercy triumphed over judgment continually. What were Stephen's last words before he took his last breath? Lord, do not hold this sin against them. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Jesus did the same thing from the cross into your spirit. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. Stephen is following our Savior's lead in the midst of opposition and division and accusation. Are we? What happens when we're experiencing division? Someone doesn't think the way you do, respond the way you do. What happens inside of you? What happens to your intelligence, emotional intelligence? What happens with accusation? Remembering the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 13. If they had eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to respond, just as Stephen did. He had eyes to see the Son of Man, the Son of God, standing at the right hand of God. What did they do? They covered their ears, and they allowed their voices to drown out what Stephen was saying. Do you see any comparisons within our culture today? What are you accountable for? What am I accountable for? We're accountable for what we allow ourselves to hear, see, and what our heart, what we allow ourselves, our hearts to camp on. Are we camping on Christ? Jesus, what would you have me say in this difficult situation in the midst of division and accusation? Help me to mimic you, Lord. I want to be like Stephen. I want to stand firm to the end, to have that full confidence that in the valley of the shadow of death, there is nothing to fear. You are the good shepherd, and you take care of your sheep. So take care of us, Lord, during this tumultuous time of division and accusation. The two tricks of the devil, division and accusation. Ho. Satanas is the accuser. Ho Diablos is the divider, the scatterer. Just even taking those two thoughts away from today's podcast and tossing them to the feet of Jesus, show me, Lord, how I have been compromised, where I've been compromised and played the part of Ho Satanas.
the great accuser. Show me, dear Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, where I have played the part of Ho Diablos, the divider. How have I scattered with my words? The tongue is a restless evil that sets the whole part of man on fire. And it's fueled by thoughts. When a man is divided, there's no discernment of direction. So this is an invitation to be aware of these two tricks that the devil uses to kill your peace, steal your identity, and destroy your sense of purpose. Usually what Satan will do is he will go for external attacks as he did for Stephen. They externally attacked him with stones. And perhaps you're experiencing an external attack. Um, it could be something at work. It could be gossip. It could be false accusations. Uh, your reputation is at hand, uh, being destroyed by accusations around you, creating division, them against you. The Holy Spirit knows where you are. Jesus loves you right where you are at and loves you enough not to leave you there. Part of our victory, a big portion of our victory, comes in our awareness of what the heck is going on. My peace is gone. So when did this start, and what's fueling this? Know the two tricks of the devil. Ho Satanas, the accuser. Ho Diablos, the divider, the scatterer. And he uses those external attacks. And if that doesn't work, then, then the devil will, will jump to his second favorite tactic, which is the division against ourselves, against yourself. He'll divide you against yourself. What does this look like in real time? So my coaching question to you today first is what divides you in your life? What is it that divides you? And Acts chapter 7 is talking about Stephen. Romans chapter 7 actually gives a great dissertation from Paul, who used to be Saul, who, who in this account that we just read, he's the one that was directing this attack and this mob and riot that killed Stephen. Then he encountered in Acts 9, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, never was the same, no looking back, wrote the majority of the New Testament. And when he wrote the letter to the Romans in Romans chapter seven, he talks about division. I know what I want to do, but I can't do what I want to do. I keep doing the sin that's within me. Who can save me from this wretched division? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's another awesome one to read through when we're talking about division. So an example of what divides you might be this. I want to show kindness to the people around me, Lord. And I'm divided because I get triggered and I take offense, which overrides my desire to be kind. Who will save me from this wretched condition? As we read about in Romans chapter seven, you can save me, Lord. Help me to camp on kindness, regardless of how people respond to me. Give me the grace to be kind because that's who you call me to be. And it's one of the fruits of the spirit not because other people are kind to me. 
That's the shallow. That's the letting the flesh guide the spirit versus the spirit guiding the flesh. That's the, that's the shallow way of going about it. Another example of division might be this. I want to do God's will. No matter what, I want to do God's will. The division comes from this statement. I get upset when God doesn't answer my prayers the way I want them to be answered. James has a great little dissertation on this in James uh, chapter 4, verses around 3 through 9, when he says, hey, you ask and you do not receive, because when you ask, you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own efforts. Jesus knows what will ultimately set us free, my friends, and it's not focusing on self. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I've just had enough early school classes that I didn't pass the first time that keep coming around that speak to that same invitation. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will save it. Stop thinking about yourself and peace will return. Focus all of your energy on Christ. I heard something interesting this morning. I was listening to a uh, message from Joyce Myers, which I often do. And she was talking about love and the love of God. And do our behaviors back up our love for God? Do we put God first, right? That's not being divided. We're divided when we're like, yeah, 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 I love God. And, uh, you know, if I don't get this, I'm going to be really bummed. Rather than saying the statement, even if I don't get this, I trust in you, dear God, because I know you love me and you have an ultimate plan for my life. So it's really expanding our confidence that whatever comes our way, when we are trusting in God, that he will bring about a greater good than had it, whatever it is we're going through not even happened. And I can honestly say that as many of you have been following this podcast, when I went through advanced cancer and divorce at the same time. An experience going through two years of chemo, 14 surgeries, six weeks of daily radiation uh, after the double mastectomy, and they did um, experimental chemo and the radiation. I had an open wound about the size of an orange for a full year. My skin wasn't healing, so they had to graft my back onto my front, so I don't know if I'm coming or going most days. That's my big joke. I also had a MRSA staph infection, which almost took my life many times, had near-death experiences, heart stopped one time, came back. God is faithful. He is with you. I was singing a song this morning that says, I'm thankful for the scars, which I have many, and perhaps you do as well, whether they're seen or unseen. I'm thankful for the scars, because if it hadn't been for the scars, I would have not come to know you the way I have. God is with you. So another example of division might be this. So, so the first one was, hey, uh, I want to show kindness to people around me, yet I get triggered. That's divided, um, which overrides my desire to be kind. And then all kinds of ugly behaviors spill out of me, including my tongue and my behavior. That's division. Another example we used was I want to do God's will. And I get upset when God doesn't answer my prayers the way I want him to. So the third example is I want to trust God. That's a big one. 
there's a podcast on trusting God. Can you do it? Can you trust him? At Edge got in. I want to trust God. And I'm divided because I continually stress myself out by overworking and overcommitting on my own efforts to create security in my life. You're marthying it, my friends, as have I many times. And your body can only keep up for so long. Jesus wants us to experience that freedom. We do our best and we trust God. We trust God. We do good. Dear God, give us the grace to be able to trust you so that we don't run ourselves into the grave because we're so scared about our future that we're overcommitting ourselves and stressing out so much so through our own efforts, we can't even hear your voice. Help us to slow down, be still, know that the battle belongs to you and to respond the way you want us to respond. Ho Diablos, the great divider, the scatterer, he wants you to be scattered because then he can attack you. Have you ever watched Animal Planet? Group of zebras running through the plains and all of a sudden out of a bush comes that lion and jumps on the back of one of the zebras that's kind of separated from the pack, divided from the pack, and takes them out. Satan's after us, you guys, more than ever, my friends. It's time to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to respond to the voice of Jesus Christ of Nazareth through the word of God in our lives for victory. Hosatanus, the accuser. What happens? What happens with the great accuser? The devil comes to kill your peace, steal your identity, destroy your purpose. How does he do this? Accusing you. He will should, S-H-O-U-L-D, all over you. Perhaps that's where your mind is today. You're divided because you're constantly listening to that voice of the accuser. You can't give out what you haven't mastered within. So when you feel accused, guess what happens in our emotional intelligence? And it spills out into our behavior. Ugly behavior, accusations of other people. If we don't like ourselves, we're not going to like other people. If we don't feel loved, we don't love other people. Love evokes love. Hatred evokes hatred. Kindness evokes kindness. Judgment usually evokes judgment. Who will save us from this wretched place, as Paul says in his letter to the Romans, chapter 7? Jesus Christ of Nazareth is our victory. He will should all over you, guilt, shame, regret all in the bucket of the great accuser. He invites you to take a bite of the apple. Come on now. Just take a bite. And then quickly follows up with the guilt and the shame cycle. Can't believe you took a bite. How can you bite that apple? What's the matter with you? You know better. You're going against God. God doesn't love you. Be very careful. He will say things like that. Go ahead. And then accuse you for going ahead. Then for your own self-preservation, what begins to happen for survival mode when a human being is cornered, it's similar to when you corner a cat or an animal. Eventually they'll strike out. 
It's your fault. It's their fault. It's your, it's, it's the organization's fault. It's the institution, it's the government's fault. It's my colleague's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's my husband's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my children's fault. He loves to use accusation to take you down. Beware, because then you can call it out. I know whose voice this is. This isn't of God. Shut up, Satan. I belong to Christ. And I love these people that are around me, through Christ, with Christ, in Christ. Give me wisdom, Jesus, to make you recognizable in the midst of my feeling accused. And I pray for victory so that I don't stumble into victimization. Which, by the way, is the desire of Satan. He'll accuse you to toss you into victimization because we actually have an innate desire to survive and thrive. What happens when we're cornered? What happens when you're cornered? Be aware of it. That's part of the emotional intelligence in Christ's journey we propose in our book. Watch you do life. Be the detective. What does that look like, feel like, sound like when you're being hijacked? You can't change something unless you're aware of the common thread in your life. So Satan takes the accusation to toss you into victimization so that he distracts you and overrides the spirit of courage, which is accountability, by the way. Strength and self-control that the Lord has given you, 2 Timothy 1.7. I didn't give you a spirit of timidity and victimization so that you can stand and accuse and judge people around you. I give you a, a spirit of power. The power of God lives within you and me, my friends, to overcome. Consider the first martyr, Stephen, again. He spoke truth and was killed for it. Instead of shrinking back, he leaned into the Lord and stood firm all the way to the end of his life. And Jesus met him in the valley of the shadow of death. As Stephen surrendered his identity to Jesus, which is the first step in emotional intelligence in Christ, where's your identity these days? If you're giving it to people, is in, in Galatians 1.10, are you still trying to serve man or God? If you're still trying to serve man, you can't be a servant of God. It's division. And it creates accusation of other people. Stephen surrendered his identity to Jesus. He was able to forgive. He was 100% honest in Acts 7 and 100% respectful to the people who persecuted him all the way to the end. Are you 100% honest? As the Holy Spirit guides you into truth, do you speak that truth while being 100% respectful? The account of Jesus stood on that statement. He was continually 100% honest, the truth, the way, the life, and 100% respectful to the people that persecuted him. Remember the connection of Jesus' last words. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And Stephen's last words as well. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Don't hold this sin against them. He also knelt before he made that statement. Before he asked the Lord, he humbly knelt before God while he was being stoned to death. Do not hold this sin against them. 
God opposes the great, the proud and gives grace to the humble, James 4, 6. So keep watch, my friends. Satan uses an accusatory spirit within us to fuel, to fuel pride within our hearts. The remedy? Stay small. Pray the litany of humility. You can get it online. I am a huge fan of that. And pray it at least once a week. If I'm really feeling puffed up in my flesh, I'll pray, I'll pray it more than that. You got to put your big, big girl, big boy pants on for that one though. Because as I've mentioned before, it goes deep. And even if you're not 100% on board with it, keep on praying it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to get there, to die to self. Then you will be free. Remember, you are Christ's ambassador. He is making his appeal through you for his glory. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Don't forget, it is God who works within you, both to will and to act according to his good purposes. Philippians 2.13 It's not by might. It's not by our power, my friends, that we will gain victory over the devil's trickery when it comes to accusation and division. Jesus is our victory. Not by might, not by our own power, but by the Spirit of God within us. Zechariah 4, 6. That was one of the verses that I had on a huge poster board when I was going through the experience of advanced cancer and divorce. I can see it in my mind's eye even today. Choose your key scriptures to help you override accusation in your life between your two ears. Who are you giving free rent to? Between your two ears, serving breakfast in bed, giving them clean sheets, fresh coffee. Who are you giving free rent to between your two ears? What belief systems of accusation, self-accusation that you're accepting from the devil? It's trickery. Do not touch, do not taste. It's destined to perish with use. And he knows that when you're in a place and a hold and a trap of accusation, then he can use you to be an agent of division. Ask the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit to show you where you are divided. Allow him to bump you. Invite the Holy Spirit to bump you. Bump us, Holy Spirit, when we're divided, when we say one thing, but yet we are doing another. Our behavior doesn't back it up. We want to show kindness, Lord, yet we get triggered. So give us victory over being triggered. We want to do your will, yet we get upset when you don't answer our prayers. Give us victory of surrender. To be confident in laying all of our requests before you, as we're called to do, and yet not to be attached to specific outcomes only attached to you, Lord. We want to trust you, dear God. Give us the grace of freedom so we stop stressing ourselves out, overworking, overcommitting by our own efforts to create our own security in our lives. The battle belongs to you, Lord. We have only to be still. Give us the grace to remember that. Holy Spirit, increase our awareness around the inner accusations the devil plants in our mind that fuel negative behavior. They produce words and behavior 
that corrupt the whole person, corrupt our entire being, and sets the course of our entire life on fire. As James 3.6 says, give us victory over our thoughts and our words and our behavior. Help us to become aware of the lies that fuel the fear, accusation that fuels judgment, self-doubt, insecurity, and fear, false evidence appearing real, dividing us against each other. Forgive us, God, and forgive me for our part, for my part in that division and accusation. Give us the grace. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we give you permission to open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, so that we will turn and allow you to heal us. Help us to hear, see, and understand with our hearts so that we will turn and allow you to heal us. Have your way with us, Lord, in spite of ourselves. Thank you for our victory in this area of accusation and division. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our learning objective before we began today's podcast was that you would be able to identify the two tricks of the devil. What are they? Ho Satanas, the accuser. Ho Diablos, the divider. How are they playing out in your life? That's your earth school homework between now and the next time we meet. Ask the Holy Spirit to sift you. Show me where accusation and division has taken root in my life. No more. Basta. Come back, my friends. Come back. Study the scriptures that are connected to today's podcast. You can access that again at edgegodin.com. I will be posting those with this podcast. If you haven't already, look up the podcast on trust, trusting God. It's a big one these days, particularly when things are not going our way. Enjoy your gifts of life and give them heaven out there because there's enough of the dark side going on. Visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. If you haven't already checked out our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, Highly recommend you explore that because it's interactive and you will have accountability within the book at the end of every chapter. We also have a course. If you want to take a deeper dive, join us there as well. And we're working on a six-week study guide as we speak. Please pray for me and I will continue to pray for you. God bless you today.